Welcome everybody to the GBO podcast where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. Bryce, how are you doing this week? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We are not the worst basketball team in the state of South Carolina. For a few minutes though, on yeah. Sunday, I thought we were going to lose to PC. It. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I was sweating when we were down four. I think we, we got it down four it in the second four half. Five. It was yeah. either four or five. And when that happened, I didn't know if we were going to score again. I think we went about five minutes before we even scored a point it was, in it, that second half. But before we get into that, the first half was a great start to the game for the yeah. men. Yeah. Usually we don't have those. I can't think of a game this year that we had a great start like that. Well, Maybe against Upstate, we might have had a good start against So, them. like, I tweeted, um, you know, Settling in for game two of the doubleheader of the Sunday doubleheader, which was which we'll talk about that. You that lived fun. at the Colonial Life Arena. I did. I did. Uh, it was a. I spent. I spent a lot of time at Colonial Life yesterday, but um, but so tweeted. Maybe let's take care of business against somebody we're supposed to beat. And man, first five minutes, ten minutes, we were taking care of business. It was amazing. And I was late because, as my wife will tell you, I left the tickets at home. <laughs> And I'll I'll never live it down. But um, I come in at the 16 minute mark, and I think we're up 16 to five. And I'm like, I even asked you, what the heck's going on? It it well, so so the way that the game started, it was amazing. First possession, we ran a set play for Bozeman Verdonk, right? And he Just, actually caught the ball and he, scored. He caught the ball, dribbled, put a little post move, lays it in. We go down the court, they miss a shot. We come back, we run another set play for Bozeman Verdonk. Okay? Post the same guy up again, scores again, four nothing, and everyone in the stands are just like looking at each other like what what where's this bit? So if you were doing Gamecock bingo, you wouldn't expect that the first two buckets would be two post move scores. We probably if we, had, if, if we had parlayed that together, we probably could have gotten like a thousand to one odds. Do you think Vegas even does that? No. For the Gamecocks, are no. we even in their purview? No, no, no. You would have had to get you would have had to get your like your old neighbor bookie to, to, to give you those to give you that line. I need to talk to Phil. Yeah, lost a lot of money there. Anyway, <laughs> maybe we get him on the pod. <laughs> we'll add a gambling aspect to the show. Maybe Ooh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, get a wild. <laughs> so, uh, so, so anyway, but but the so, GBO does not endorse yeah. gambling on college sports. Um, at least not in South Carolina. Um, Correct. So, anyway, what what was hilarious about this was that after these two possessions, on like the next two defensive possessions, Bozeman Verdonk fouled like twice, and so like six possessions have gone by, and he scored all the points of the game, and then got in foul trouble, and is on the bench. <laughs> like, and all of this happened before you got there. Would Frank Martin have already taken him out after that first bucket for some reason for doing no, something no, bad? No, no, okay. no. But, 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 but it was it, it. It felt like a Frank player. It felt it. It, it felt like it, it was just classic South Carolina. You, you, you know, just just fouls twice, and he and he goes on the bench for like ten minutes and can't. I, I think those are the only points he scored. And then who scored the other points? Was it Gigi Rowland? Gigi had seven quick points. We, we got a little, we got a turnover, a fast break, had a nice little dunk, got us up to six nothing. Uh, Gigi 
just got the ball at the top of the key and was just like, I'm driving and scoring. Then he made a three. You, you know, it was a fast start. So the 4,000 fans there got pretty hyped up is what you're telling me. Yeah, it was pretty fun. You, you know, I mean, we get out to a 10, 15-point lead, I think I think they, they built it up to. And then, um, you, you know, shots are going in. Michi's making threes. Chico's making threes. Was Michi making normal threes or 30-footers? Um, he hit at least one big one, you, you know, but like at this point you're in the game. That's right. But, uh, but just first half, it was good. And then, so we're up 16 to five. I remember it was 16 to five. And then all of a sudden PC said, let's play some basketball. Yeah. And we held it. At, I think it got up to about 15 points at one point. I think around there. You're right. And, uh, and so it was a little better than 16 to five, whatever that was. But then PC just I think PC goes on an 11 0 run at one point in time and and it's a four point game at halftime and going into the game if I remember um PC was around 300 in Kimpom yeah and after we did a little digging that would have been if we lost the game the worst loss ever Frank didn't even have a 300 from what we saw you know since I moved back to Columbia and have been going and have been going to games that started in the Darren Horn era, this would have been the worst. I guess in the Kim Palm era, you know, like like I think we have never lost to a bottom three hundred teams team. Uh, Kyle can yell at us on Twitter if we're wrong about this. He'll know. Okay, but uh, but I don't. AKA Chicken Hoops. Yeah, but but I don't think that we have ever lost to a three hundred or worse team. The closest I think we've come to losing to one was this season when we beat South Carolina State by three. I mean, they could be the MEAC champions at the end yeah. of the year, so you never know. You never know. But anyway, um, I was just I was sweating in the game at halftime. I was like, Ugh. you know, yeah. They made it tight. I think we were only up. Were we up or down at half? We we were up four. And then they went on like a, and then they, and then they went on run. We didn't score for the first couple minutes of the second half. The, the, I think it was around the fourteen minute mark until yeah. we finally scored. They went on like an eight oh. They they went on an eight oh run. They hit us. They they hit us like the women's team will hit their opponents, where it's just a slow run, where it's just like we have no offense and they're not being streaky. They're just scoring occasionally, and here they've they've turned a four point deficit into a four point lead. And then the thirty PC fans got pretty loud. They were getting and, loud. Uh, I think they've had more fans than any other fan opposing fan base, more than even the Clemson game. It was more than 30. So so it was funny, that PC roster, a lot of Columbia kids on that PC roster. It was kind of fun. Three or four kids in the Midlands area. Yeah, so, so there, was a, there was a Ridgeview kid. There was, there was a Ben Lippin, my alma mater yeah, kid. There was 6'10 a, kid. Yeah. How did Ben Lippin get a 6'10 guy he, in Skeezer? He, he, he didn't play at all. He did not. Yeah. But um, James, I, I forget his last name, but... Um, um, or his last name might have been James, went to Ridgeview. He was Crosby. James Crosby? Crosby James. Excuse me, Crosby James. He was built like a... Yeah. He was built. Big guard. Yep. And uh, he went to Ridgeview. I'm pretty sure he played with Gigi Jackson at Ridgeview. Interesting. And then uh, Winston or Weston um, was their big guy down low, number four, who kept making... Who kept making all all yeah. our guys look bad? Winston Hill and I was like, "Where's the church?" He could have been. He could have been Winston Churchill. He missed the missed yeah. the, missed well, the buck know. there. But anyway, yeah, Winston Hill was kind of doing whatever he wanted, and 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 was from Irmo. But uh, but yeah, so there was a there was a contingency of PC fans there, and uh, we also sit behind the 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 visitors bench, 
And so we and we have a mixture of the fans always, but it yeah. was a rowdy, some yeah. rowdy PC fans around us. And they started getting loud, and I was nervous. And it got to the point where I was getting a little mad. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, Bozeman Verdonk. We had a Josh Gray sighting in the so, second so, half as so, well. So, so what happens? Bozeman Verdonk picks up his third foul, and we have to put in Josh Gray. And so, in the first half, in in the first half of the game, and this is the the. We're just going to beat this into the ground, you, you know, talking about this on the pod, because this ultimately is the problem. What's that? We were looking great in the first half. All right. And then once Verdant comes out of the game, we put Josh Gray in and then he just he comes out about four minutes later. And that's when Winston Hill, the the, uh, the kid from Irmo, had to was at Hayden Brown was on him. And, he, and he, yeah. I think he scored 11 straight points on Hayden yeah. Brown. And, and I mean, like, like and Hayden can't play center. Just He's not a center, um, barely a power forward. Um, imagine being Hayden Brown coming from the Citadel here, and you're like, man, the guys that I was playing with at Citadel are I had better big men than this. Right. You know, like and um and 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 you're playing center. You, you know, and so and so in the eleven OPC run, like we just were small and they just threw it down low and we got posted up every time. And uh, that was part of the run that that cut the deficit and then and then they took the lead on. So in the second half for Donkitz's third foul, we put Josh Gray back in. And he manned up like that Clemson game. It was he just did. Josh Gray manning up time. Honestly. Like I even said that Todd Ellis let him eat out loud. <laughs> that's correct. Because he was manning up down that, low. That's correct. But so what, what what happens here is that now granted this is playing PC, right? This is playing a three hundred level Kimpom team. Right. It changed the game. Him him coming in changed the game. And the run in the second half, Gigi was on the bench, which led to the I think my favorite tweet of the night by TRC. Do you recall what that was? It was something about maybe we should cut his minutes. <laughs> that was fantastic. So shout out to Buck. That was the tweet of the tweet of the night for sure. But we make this run while Gigi's on the bench, and which made me ask. I think this was the first time we made any type of big run. And have not having Gigi in the game, so I thought that was progress yeah. for the team, regardless of who we were playing. Right, that we did that in on a game. The, the other thing that happened in the second half, once Josh Gray came in the game, Hayden Brown started actually scoring in the second half. He started manning up. It is possible, and and we really need him to, you know, be enough. And we need him. He's to in average. the big three. We we need him to average fifteen points a game. On a side note, David Kloniger mentioned the big three. I don't think he listens his to articles. the articles. I'm just letting you know. I think that might be some copyright. I need to look into that. Did you copyright Kloniger, or no, did he copyright I've been, I've been saying the big three all he's, season, and he started been, using it in his articles. I'm just saying, David, come on, man. He's been writing for a while, Bryce. I'm just saying, what's up? He's been writing for a while. Anyway, shout out to David. Anyway. Yeah. But my dream is to retweet something of him and have him like it. Like like that. He does not respond. He doesn't to anyone respond on, on Twitter, Twitter. But if that that my, would make my, our day. That would make my day. I would I would feel like this podcast endeavor was complete. But when, anyway, back to it. Hayden was rolling. I really I, I want to find out when Joe Lindsay is going to be refing games. You, you know, like just so I can like in advance tweet it at David Kloniger and see if he uh, see if he responds. But then let's say back to the big three as I mentioned. Hayden Michi. Meiji didn't shoot well overall, but yeah. overall, I think he finished around with 16. Gigi had 18. It was, and then Hayden, I think, what did he, Hayden have around 14? Yeah, but they all came in the second half. 
which is but, which but it is was dominant important. in the second half for those guys. And and so I think this is important before you went running away with this big three thing of what I was trying to say is that when we went on the run, he wasn't playing center. Correct. And so it allowed him to play his position and he played better. Point of this story, this South Carolina basketball team needs Josh Gray to be good. Like, like just needs Josh Gray to be good. The, the ceiling of this team is how good Josh Gray can become. Josh Gray and BBV need to be dominant down low in SEC play, yeah. or we're going to get pushed around. Yeah, and BBV because Hayden, I don't think Hayden's going to be able to handle power forwards at an SEC no, level. No, this is what I'm I'm guessing. Not at all. And uh, and like Josh Gray has to be able to play defense. He does not even have to score. He just needs to hold his ground and he, be and, he, and be a defensive yeah, presence he, without fouling, which is hard. What what what's what's interesting about this team is that we actually are offensively competent. When everyone, when the whole offense is healthy and playing, you know, like, like if if we have Josh Gray, Hayden, Chico, Michi, and Gigi on the floor, that is an those four guys other than Gray are all can all get a bucket, and they're all playing thirty plus minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, but 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 all four of those guys can get a bucket. That is the lineup that we need to be able to close with, and we need Josh Gray to be able to play serviceable SEC minutes or else man we might not win an SEC game I don't want to say that but it's it's popped into my head like I mean well I did want to mention before we went off here is the interesting that the last couple games um Paris has kind of limited to almost taking away the minutes of the two freshmen with Gigi yeah. Have you noticed that? And they didn't play they, at all. They didn't. And they, it's an eight-man rotation with Gray, Wright, and Ford Cooper Jr., the walk-on, is in the eight-man rotation. Yeah, he only played like two or three minutes, though. He played three minutes, but hey, I'm going to say outside of that, it was a seven-man rotation. But it's just interesting that Ford Cooper got the minutes over anyone else. I, I mean, it was only three. There were th- I know, but I'm just saying, okay. but there was no one else that played. Yeah. Even for him to get those minutes, and they weren't in garbage time because we didn't have a garbage time. It was just very interesting to see that he was the eighth man off the bench. Yeah, it, it is. And we, we really have seven guys right now if none of the freshmen can play. I think I think he only trusts seven right now. Yeah, unless he in, – and, 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 I mean, the, the starting five, the guys that started this game were BBV, Gigi, Hayden, Michi, and Chico. And then the only guys off the bench are Gray and um, – and Jacoby Wright. And Hank and Sanford didn't even play last week or this last game. Well, he also was hurt, wasn't he? Nothing came out about it. I didn't see it. In, there let was us a, know on Twitter. I didn't see anything mentioned. There was a tweet that somebody had before game time about how he didn't he travel. Was, so had, maybe it was an injury. About how he was back and, and had his jersey on okay. and everything. And so I think he might be I think he might be coming off an injury. And then Zachary Davis played a few minutes last week, but didn't play this game. I just thought, I just thought that was, I want those guys to get minutes and grow because SEC play, we're going to need them. Yeah. Because I have a feeling that foul trouble is going to come on. And if certain guys yeah. get in foul trouble, it's it's scary time if well, our starters get in foul trouble. I mean, this trouble. is it's scary time. It's just scary time. I'm going to be scared in every SEC game. Like, like, Are we crying wolf too early? I don't think so. No, 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 no. no. I'm just telling you how I'm going to feel. Now, I'm not saying we're going to lose every SEC game. Right. But let me tell you, I'm going to be scared 
in every SEC game. We all were sitting there when PC went on the run and came back and took the lead. We all were sitting there in the Colonial Life Arena thinking we were going to lose to PC. You know, like, like I'm going to be, we didn't, I'm going to be scared in every game. And every game is, is losable. Not every game is winnable. And the, and the, I want to say the algorithm, but the formula for this team to win is to the starters to not get in foul trouble and for them to find their shots early or it gets into scary yeah. time like that George Washington game. Yeah, if, if we're not shooting threes, if, if we're not making threes, we're done. And if certain guys get in foul trouble, yeah, you know SEC teams are just going to go down low and abuse us. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, and, and the SEC also is good. Like it's it might be one of the best years in out of the last ten. There's a reason we were picked last this year. Like it's becoming clearer and clearer. Like Vandy and Georgia. They have their up and down games to where you can maybe I think get them, but all the other teams, I don't even see them, even if they play a bad game. It would they're gonna have to play bad games and we're gonna have to play great games. All right. Let me ask it to you this way. Okay. Okay. So, but anyway, we get the win over PC 68-57. Okay. Let me ask it to you this way. Okay. We're talking about SEC play. Um, going into last season, when we were trying to put together the, the formula for having a successful SEC campaign. Right. We played Vandy and Georgia twice, and they were, they were all must-wins. We had to go 4-0, and we did. We, we, we beat them. We won all four of those games. Right. All right. So that is the same formula. Vandy and Georgia are a little better, but they're still the bottom of the SEC that's not us. Okay? We're playing them four times. Do you think this team can beat them four times? Yes, but I think things are going to have to go our way in those games. Do you think we will beat them four times? I can't tell you that right now. Would you be happy with three and one? I'll be happy with any SEC win. Yeah, like... Like honestly, I see this going two and two. But if like you, we're if winning you, the win. I think when we we're talked at the end of the year that we wanted to go nine and nine. That's not happening. But for that to happen, you have to go four and zero against Georgia and Bandy. That's true. The, the, for that, that formula yes. to even get there. Yes. Now, the other thing that is in play with this, and and this actually is happening, and it it is happened. It happened in the Georgetown game, and it happened a little bit last night too. Gigi is being more assertive. He is. He's starting to take over some games. Second second half of the Georgetown, and, and if if this is becoming a thing, uh, second half of the Georgetown game is where it started. Right. He 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 took over, and he's why we won. He is realizing that he needs to get the scoring started for yes, sure. Yes. And and he was very assertive at the beginning of this game when we got up big, and and um and then he he, he had a decent second half too, but 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 you know he had like. He had seven quick points. I thought he was going to go for 30 tonight. And he played 34 minutes. I thought he was out for like five minutes in that second half, but he only didn't play six minutes in the game. So it just, anytime Gigi's not in there, you know, you look and go, can this lineup score without Gigi? Yeah. I I know it sounds mean, but it comes up in all of our minds. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, Gigi hasn't reached his ceiling. I was looking, I was looking at actually during the game. You know, just uh, at what NBA mocks think. You know, and I saw like two or three. What are those saying? They all have him, but I'm seeing them having him between seven and thirteen in the in the NBA draft. Is like NBA Draft Express had him seventh. That was the highest one I saw. Well, his stats for the year seventeen point one, 
and 7.2 rebounds. Yeah. That's he's, pretty good. That's pretty good. Only like the the only other freshman. I think it's Alabama freshman's in front it's, of It's him. an Arkansas kid. It's an Arkansas freshman that, that, that might be in front of him. I, it's I, either Alabama or Arkansas, but he's second in the SEC out of the freshman. Yeah. Which is a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, and, and so his his he could even be better. Like like he's he's had a good start to the season. He is growing strong, but he could there is plenty. I don't think he's reached his ceiling. And so and so like nine and nine. The only way that something like nine and nine in SEC plays in the cards is if GG is taking over and is the best player on the court. Starts become starts starts becoming one of the best players in the SEC. Like, he's gonna have to drive. Give him a pick and drive. Yeah, and go dunk on some fools. Yeah. Or they double team you, which leads to a wide open guy for a layup. That needs to be our foundation. Or they all compress down, and it opens up Chico or Michi or Hayden for threes. Because this team, as you, I think you've kind of noticed, Sumter, if the threes are flowing and we're making eight plus threes, things are good. But if we're having games where we're only making four, we're getting blown out in those games. That's the pattern I've seen. Eight plus threes in a game is competitive Gamecocks. Yeah. Anything below that. It gets scary time. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's like like it's a light week um, for for the men. We only had one game. We've got two next week. Um, so we have a game, the big game at UAB, the return of the home and home. So we, we played them last year and beat them, which was Frank's best win I think last year from an RPI. At least best out of conference. Or the win. net. What are they in the net now? I think they're around fifty. Right? Elish, I, I don't know what or the in net Kempom. is. In Kempom, I think they're they're forty nine. So that would be a quad one win, I believe, when it's 40, on the road. Forty seven, yeah. Oh, oh, if 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 they go in, I will say that nine and nine in the SEC is more likely if they can go into UAB and win. It'd be great. It would be it would be great to give y'all a little bit uh, to to give the listeners a little bit of like some of the teams that we've played. Currently, the best win on the schedule by far is Clemson. Okay, because they went on a run after us until yeah. their last low La Chicago loss. They're, they're Kim Palm seventy two, okay, and I think they're around fifty five, fifty three until that loss. Right, but but they're currently holding at seventy two. However, like Colorado State is one hundred one. Um, let's see here. Hope Furman started winning some games and Davidson. Uh, I had them a second ago because George I, and Washington lost, lost by ten to Ratford right after us. So. The, well, that's he hoped no that all of a sudden George Washington was good. I think went out the door. But uh, but yeah, but so we haven't we haven't played a ton of high Kim Pom teams this this season. Um, I don't see Furman on on my list. I had him a second ago, but uh, sorry everybody. But but just like Colorado State is currently a hundred, and we gave them an okay game, but ultimately they were better than us, and so. Um, Top fifty Kimpom on the road. It's going to be tough. Furman's eighty-two. Excuse me. Furman's eighty-two. Okay. And um, you don't get mad when you lose the top one hundred. Uh, in yeah. theory. Well, then, the, then if that's the case, then you can't get mad at at any SEC loss because they're all top one hundred. Well, you need to eventually win some <laughs> games too. Yeah, but but uh, this week I think is going to tell us you got at UAB on Wednesday, and then you got the neutral site Greenville Classic game against East Carolina on Saturday in Greenville at the Bon Shakur Wellness, aka the Bilo Center. 
So these two games, I think, are going to be, I think, the is critical the track because you got yeah. four non-conference games left. You have those two, and then you have Western Kentucky, who's good, and you have Eastern Michigan, that's two and nine, that doesn't look that good, but they have the number one player from two years ago out of high school that transferred there from Memphis. Western Kentucky is 111 in Kempom. So, in these, I mean, we said in the beginning of the season, Sumter, that we'd be okay with 10 and 3, 9 and 4. For us to get to 9 and 4, we got to win, win the last four. Yeah. Which probably is unlikely, but. I think, I think we're going 8 and 5. I think we're staring 8 and 5 in the face, which isn't great. But we'll, I mean, I think we'll take it. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see what happens this week. I mean, after the GW loss, after after the GW loss, I was, you, you know, just like five hundred in the out of conference was, you know, I was nervous about. But then coming back and winning these two games, that's been big. And so yeah, we'll take it. So we'll see what happens there. But um, on to the women. So the women just played Liberty. So this really was a light week, and then this was the start. You know, the women played, I think, at 2 o'clock against Liberty on Sunday, and then the men played at 6. And, Sumter, you were at both games, and to, which led me to believe, could you live at the Colonial Life Arena for 24 hours and survive? Easily for 24 hours and survive. It would depend on what I had keys to. You know, like, like it would depend could on— Could you get to the Dippin' Dots? Well, well, well yeah, well, it would depend on if, the, if, like, the freezers were plugged in, you know, and if the Dippin' Dot— machine was stocked like if if i it would depend on what i had keys to but uh but could yeah. you get used to having a women's men's game and to do some double headers did you like that setup or did you prefer them on different days like they usually are so it was nice it was a fun day it took my whole sunday like it took my whole sunday afternoon i left left the house at 1 didn't get back until 8 30 you know, and so it was. It was almost like going to a football game. You, you right. know, just like like from a time commitment standpoint. And you got some wings in between. So did get some wings. Shout um, out to Peebles. Yeah, uh, went and uh, went and watched. Went and watched Maryland beat UConn. Um, the, the Maryland women beat UConn in um, in. And we'll say we're going to make a note to this because I want to talk about your interactions with some <laughs> UConn fans it, after I, we I, talk I, women. I, I didn't even. I didn't even. You know. Uh, I I didn't even instigate anything. But uh, but so so anyway, um, it was a fun day. And going into the game, Liberty wasn't great, and it I mean it smelled like a beat down city game, which the women have a few of those on the schedule. And it was it was pretty much exactly our like blueprint for winning. The first quarter, get up early and dominate down low. No, the 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 first quarter they kind of hang hang around a little bit, and then we just kind of shut them down. Um, So. they scored. I think they made four field goals in the second and third quarters combined. They made four shots. That's they, not good. They hit some free. Th- they scored fifteen points, but I think half of them were on free throws. Okay. But uh, but just like like th- they had like nineteen something points or something in the first quarter. Like it wasn't it wasn't a terrible beatdown in the first quarter. And then the women's team did what they do, and they just unrelenting unrelenting defense is is what I call it. Just every possession. They're just bringing everything they've got at them. Um, it was a pretty fun like game. Staley cleared the bench. I mean, you're looking at the minutes. I mean, she yeah. played. She, she played everybody. Yeah. Cook, Cook, Cook had a very nice game. Uh, uh, it was good to it, see Cook making some three making some three point shots. It was good to see this team 
make some three-point shots. And Six we did, for 13 from three. And we didn't need Boston to have a big game, and you can tell I don't think they're pushing for that double-double streak like they did last year because there's ex- games like this that you don't even need her yeah. to play past halftime. And 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 it was clear in games like this that they were that Staley was leaving her in to get the double double. Right. But just like she started out with the streak, but but after she went down in the Hampton game, the streak was broken. So she's not going to be able to beat her streak from last season. So why even now? Because she doesn't have enough games. And so it it it's honestly better. I remember when she lost the streak in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, she she actually said she was happy that she lost it. So that she could just focus on the final four and people would stop talking about it. Right. Which, you know, Aaliyah Boston can get rebounds and can score points. I don't need her to to get a double-double every night to prove that to me. Right. Um, And so what I did like, fourth quarter. Are you ready for what Dawn did? Basically for a large chunk of the fourth quarter, she played this lineup. It was Raven Johnson. Without her knee brace, by the way. Without this was the first brace. game without yeah. her knee brace. It was, it was Raven Johnson, Bree Hall, um, Cooper, Watkins, Fagan, and Fagan. It was it was, and so it was it was the freshmen and the sophomores basically, right. like the like, future, like Fagan, Fagan, Bree Hall, and Raven Johnson from the one recruiting class. are are uh, are sophomores, right? And then uh, and then Watkins and Cooper are freshmen, right? And she played them; they were a lot of fun. Athletic. They were athletic. Kind of play all the same positions. Yes. Maybe not Fagan. Well, and, and, Fagan, and Watkins, what Watkins can play down. Watkins can all will be, play down low. Right. Yeah. What Watkins will play down low, but athletic, fast. That'd and, be a fun lineup next year. It, it's not as it, it. It. They were good defensively. It's not. It's not as potent defensively as you know the Boston Saxton Beal, Cook, uh, Fletcher lineup is, but. They were a little more offensively, like just sharp. I would say, like hitting shots. Like it, that's it, impressive it was, when your backup five yeah. can just run circles around anyone. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch, and and that is probably the biggest takeaway that I had from this is watching. It, it's going to be. I love this team. I love. I've loved watching Aaliyah Boston. Um, it's going to be fun watching Staley piece this team together because because we're potentially losing a lot of people now it was Aaliyah boston's birthday it was and i think it led we to sang, dawn we dawn, sang happy yeah, birthday and so, so we did the so so as, as everybody's leaving uh uh dawn grabs the the mic and tells everybody that she wants to sing happy birthday to boston you know after we do the alma mater so we do it in the band plays and everything and then staley tells her you know, we can do one. We can do you a birthday bigger if you come back next year. Is what Dawn says, and she makes some pretty good money with NIL. So why wouldn't she? But anyway, we'll see what happens when that gets done. This this COVID thing, like, if if there is a player that is a quintessential like college player, like Aaliyah Boston has played her four years of college she basketball. She probably get her law degree if she yeah, stayed six plus years. You, you know, but like her freshman year, the year that got cut where they didn't go to the tournament because of COVID, you, you know, like um, like that year, I mean, she, she in, in, in the Baylor game, she scored 20 points as a freshman or something, you know, and so right. like, like, uh, like it, it would be wild if bought, I'm all for it, but it would be wild 
if Boston and we need to see came where back she is on the all time scoring list because if she came back next year, I'm assuming it'd be safe to say she's probably breaking some records. Do did, did the GBO pod get the media guide? Did they send us one? They did, and I need to look at it. Yeah, did, did they address it to the GBO pod? Or did they no, address they, it? they addressed it to me. To you or your dad? I think it might have been my dad. <laughs> but uh, but so we need to pull the media guide up and see where Boston is. I, I have to, who, it's got to be, Asia's got to be the leading scorer of all time, right? I don't know. I think so. That sounds right. That sounds right. And, and Asia each year has averaged a few more points than Boston has. I think she's around 14 plus, even her freshman year. And so, uh, and so I would... But but Boston in five years has to be able to has to be able to take it. So we'll, we'll, by the next pod we'll look at that with the numbers. But women they win eighty eight thirty nine beat the crap out of Liberty, which was expected. But it leads into two games upcoming this week. You got Thursday out at South Dakota State. We love playing in North and South Dakota, and South Dakota has some bad losses, but has some big wins. Yeah, it's like they're a wild card. They've beaten. They they beat number ten Louisville and then they lost to like Washington State and Montana State and then they turn Jekyll around, and Hyde and then they turn around and beat uh and then they Louisville turn, and then they turn around no no they beat Louisville right dropped two games then they turn around and beat Kansas State who was ranked right so it's almost like Frank Martin's coaching them out there and then we end Sunday with Charleston Southern you had, which you, smells you like no, a blowout no reaction to my joke I caught it no reaction but anyway we we played Charleston, it was really funny Charleston Southern on Sunday and yeah. that's going to be a blowout so South Dakota State will be an interesting game decent competitive team on the road we'll see how the women react there in maybe we're just going to keep playing in South Dakota North Dakota forever maybe yeah. Dawn has a, a cabin up there wants to go visit it who knows? But anyway, knows? South Dakota State was was ranked at the start of the season, um, and um, and so I mean it's part of it's part of what Dawn Staley does. She schedules she schedules who she teams. wants when she wants. She schedules ranked teams on the road, contrary to what some UConn fans were telling us on Twitter. But before we get into that, <laughs> there was one note that came out that South Carolina has been ranked for ten straight years in the top twenty five. What are your thoughts on that? Just it's just good basketball. That's pretty impressive. That's the yeah. Ten, now is it ten? Is it is it a consecutive ranking? Did, did we fall out of the ranking? No, never consecutive. Well, that's amazing. In 2018, we got around 23, 24, but we stayed in it. And but ten straight years in the top 25, impressive. That's kind of incredible. Anyway, I just saw that note come out. I just I didn't believe it until I thought about it. That Dawn's been rocking and rolling for ten I mean, plus years. I mean, it's. It, that's some Yukon level stuff, you know. And like, you mentioned Yukon. That that's going to bring up the modern exterminating. We know what bugs you, bugging us this week. You <laughs> bug some. You, I think I you put out a tweet about to. that Maryland I, game. I and didn't some, even mean to. And some Yukon fans came at you, Sumter. What happened there? So so, and and I'll tell you what, if if those Yukon fans that came at me, if they actually are listening to this pod and have made it to the thirty five minute mark for us to talk about. You know, women's basketball. So I leave the women's game. Pretty great game. It's raining a little bit. It's cold. You know, I make it to Peebles right over there in the Vista. Sit down. Got a bunch of NFL games going on. Look up on the screen. Maryland women are playing in Maryland. They're number 20. They're playing number six, UConn. And didn't we beat Maryland by like 20 plus points at Maryland? At Maryland in the same place. And, And so I just... Put out just a simple little comment, you know, just like, hey, 
as we're settling in for our two hour break here, we got an upset alert. Maryland's up up four six whatever it was at the end of the third quarter, and uh, so apparently apparently half the UConn roster was hurt, and I think that's actually true. There are five players hurt, <laughs> and, I and think, including Fud. Yeah, included including Fud, and so I think that's actually true. And and also, if you aren't aware, Beckers is down for the year, correct? She is. Yeah. So they're two. They're, so their best players down for their year for the year, and then of the roster that they have, that is still a very good college basketball roster. Uh, of the roster of of the players remaining, five of them were hurt, including their their best player. Wow. And so. Um, well, anyway, just a couple of UConn fans got a little, got a little, uh, found me and, I mean, uh, they were writing paragraphs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. About, uh, uh t- told, t- told, uh, told the Gamecocks that they need to go play ranked teams on the road. I think that, I and think so, we do that every year. I, I, I reminded them of this, you, you know, that we, you know, what's interesting. UConn fans, they're starting to get a little riled up that the dynasty might be over for a little while. And that South Carolina's taking it. And if it wasn't for COVID in 2020, I think we'd have another national title. We'd already have three. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I mean, not, but I yeah. don't, I want to say this in Minneapolis, when I went to the final four last year, the UConn fans that were there were the nicest people ever. I think this is just a few UConn fans on Twitter. I remember um, early on in Dawn's career, before I was a season ticket holder, uh, before I was going to women's games, I remember going to us playing UConn. It was when Asia was on the team. It was in Colonial Life. And they killed us. Okay? And, I mean, the UConn women's program travels deep. There okay? was always 1,000 or 2,000 fans and, for sure. And, we, and, 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 and I went with my mom. And uh, where we were sitting, there was some UConn fans that had bought tickets next to us that we were sitting to that talked to us. And they were just the nicest people and were just completely blown away at how popular, at, at, at how many fans came to this game. And th- th- they said it was the best road, envi- that it was the best road environment that they had been to. And um, and I, I believe that. I believe that that's true after what I've seen. We, we lead the yeah. country in attendance like yeah. usual. But, uh, but, but I remember them being very impressed with us. And just being the nicest people in the world. Well, anyway, these fans, we we, we we came to an amicable, you know, um, um, uh, resolve. Of I wasn't trying to come at any UConn fans, but uh, I just told them we'd see them February 5th. And that we will. And, and But it's at and I UConn. Be, and I believe we'll be on the road. And we <laughs> have never won at UConn. Well, well, we're coming. That's a notch in the belt that needs to happen this year. I think we need to... Bring that up when that happens. But we're anyway, coming. we're coming. It sounds like you're saying you're talking like Deion Sanders. Oh yeah, I'm coming. Yeah. Was it? Did he say I'm coming or we're coming? We're coming. I think he said that. I'm pretty sure he said I'm coming. I I, I feel like I feel like uh, we're just talking about Dion in his Colorado meeting the players. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was just pretty much saying I'm coming. Yeah. We coming. Anyway, and a lot of players were like, we probably need a transfer out here. It's it's a uh, it's it's been a light week, folks. We don't have much more to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, um, should be an interesting week. Um, we're gonna be doing a big SEC preview coming up in a few weeks. Be yeah. on the lookout for that. Um, we might have some giveaways. 
to last, happen. Last time you promised giveaways, you haven't yet delivered. Well, I have ordered one giveaway, and I'm also going to maybe have a giveaway with some some uh, big names on Gamecock Twitter might be helping us out. All so right. be on the lookout that for this SEC will, preview. Will maybe can can the hosts get the giveaways? Can I get them? I have bought you one of the gifts for you and Glenn, our sponsor. That's correct. I love how Bryce, we're sitting at the game and Bryce turns to me and Glenn. You know, it's it's only like, it's what, December 11th? It's December right. 11th. So you can still go out there and order stuff. And Bryce just turns to me and Glenn is just like, oh, by the way, guys, I got y'all a Christmas present. You're going to love it. And Glenn's just like, so you're just telling me so that I'll have time to buy you one? I will say so very Bryce. So that's a very Bryce. Move. The old Bryce, I would say that was correct, but it's a genuine nice gift. I saw this and I said, you guys would love it. There you go. There you go. But anyway, well, let's see what happens with the men and women this week. Um, anything else, Sumter, before we close out the show? That's it. Uh, everybody remember, um, we meant to do this when we said uh, the modern exterminating, we know what bugs you. But if you want, what, what 10% is it? 10% off your first treatment. Commercial or residential. Yeah, any treatment, modern exterminating. Give them a call. Give them a call. And say GBO podcast and you will get that discount. If not, tell them to talk to Glenn. That's right. He made sure to say that. Just tell him to call me. Yeah, just just call modern exterminating and ask to speak to Glenn. We'll lead (laughs) off with that. Or Melanie. (laughs) Melanie might get you 15%. Yeah, that's true. Talk to his wife. Anyway, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll do it again next week. Go Cox. GBO out.